Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of That's Entertaining. This week, we will be discussing Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, but that'll be later on in the show. Joining me again this week is Mr. Alex DeWahey. Alex, welcome back. Thanks, Nathan. It's a pleasure to have you. Well, thank you. It's always a pleasure to be here. <laughs> so, you know, last week I began the show letting everybody know that my poor iPhone had suffered a fall. Mm-hmm. It's fixed now. That's good. Uh, all it took was a trip up to Naperville near Chicago, Illinois, and uh, on my way up there, since this was a traumatic experience, I stopped at Portello's. Of course. I got a hot dog, some fries, and a, just a drink. No no shake this time. Did that ease the pain of the half day you had to commit and hundred and something dollars? It did. Okay. It, I, did. it would for me as well. I'm just curious if it works that way for everyone else. But that didn't, that helped ease the pain. That oh, didn't sure. ease all the pain. I can imagine. So I had to go to the Apple store in Aprilville. I had to sit down. I had an appointment, but I had to sit down and wait for probably about 20 minutes before they actually came and got me, got the phone, and took it to the back. It only took them about an hour, maybe, to, to fix it. So it was really didn't take That's long. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, 140 bucks after tax. But while I was waiting, I wasn't going to wait around the Apple store. I mean, what are you going to do there? Play with iPads, iPhones? Overpay for more stuff. <laughs> maybe. But so uh, the cost of the service was reasonable. I thought that was pretty good because compared to around here in the Peoria area, mm-hmm. the cheapest was 180 bucks before tax. Oh, wow. So taking Which place it, did you try? Um, there was Did you actually try that mobile fix it yeah. place on university and mm-hmm. okay. I called around to three or four different places. One place wanted to charge two fifty. I'm like, okay. So I drove up there, Apple certified, Apple yeah. parts and everything. That's you don't have to worry about it. So and you don't have any insurance on your phone, right? No Apple Care or anything like that. I was just this is the first up. phone that I've ever not carried it on, and this is the first phone that oh, I've well, broken well, like this. That's, that's <laughs> of course how it works. Absolutely. But yeah, so no, nothing on, no insurance or anything. So 140 bucks. That's it's really good. Yeah. So back up and running. I have it in a more protective case now. So now if it hits anything, it's got a bumper and everything it's else. It's like a brick off. now. Yeah. Except, you know, I was worried when I ordered this case that it was going to be a big, bulky, add a lot of weight to it. Yeah. But it really, it really didn't add a whole lot to it. Yeah, a little bit. And it covers the screen and stuff now. But I'm hoping that I can avoid that situation again with right. a $15 case. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So... Well, I'll keep it on there for at least a year, and then I might get want to go back to a more slim case. We'll see. That's funny. But I do uh, have to say, while I was up there, the people that I worked with were really nice. Uh, yeah. You know, everybody was easy. And they don't have any cash registers at the Apple stores. They just have, like, you know, the, the iPhones they or whatever. They just suck they the soul it. out of you directly? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they don't have any cash registers. And so they, he came up and asked me how, you know, I wanted to pay. I was like, you know, cash credit. I'm like... Um, I'll, I'll do credit, but I'll use Apple Pay. Have you ever used Apple Pay or seen what that does? Well, no, because I well, have an Android phone. Yeah. But I've seen people use it at Starbucks. It's one of the most annoying things in the world. Not at Starbucks. Not at Starbucks. That's just an app. Oh, is that where That's they Starbucks scan the phone? App. Yeah. Okay. So Apple Pay, it uses the NFC chip, so the near-field technology. Okay. You put it near something, and you put your, your uh, thumbprint on there, and it identifies that it's you because your thumbprint, and it... Has allows a card the transaction yep. to it. Okay. And so at Panera, you can do that or something like that. Okay. So I, I like to do that. And so I was like, you know, of all places, I should be able to do this here. And he's like, I've never had anybody ask to do it because they're always at setting... the st- Apple store. Yeah, because they're always setting stuff up. You know, right. they're always buying the phone or whatever. So he's like, I've never had anybody ask to do it. So I took my phone out, which was repaired just to make sure everything still worked. You know, sure. I tried it. 
worked just fine. Wow. So I used Apple Pay at the Apple Store. I don't know if there's like a, an inception thing going on there. But yeah, you should have gotten like some kind of a... A rebate? Yeah, something. <laughs> so while I was waiting for my phone to get fixed, obviously I didn't want to spend the time in the store any longer than I really had to. I took a glance at the Apple Watches. Uh, they're expensive still. But um, <laughs> I walked across the street and put in an order for Lou Malnati's, got a pizza, you know, bacon for me to go. And then I went down to uh, a popcorn shop, got some Chicago-style popcorn. Nice. Walked back, stopped, then got a uh, 312, which is a Chicago area, I believe, a brew. Okay. Um, from one of the places that was like three doors down or something from the Apple store. Went okay. to the Apple store, my phone was just done, paid for it, walked across the street, got my pizza, got out of there. Didn't stop there, though. Oh, boy. On the way home, I stopped at Benny's, which is a, <laughs> which is a, a, a really good liquor store that has a lot of selection and variety. Um, and I got Not Your Father's Root Beer, which is the second time I've gotten it, which is a decent root beer. Okay. Um, it's I'll a little sweet. For it. Yeah. It's a little sweet. And the guy there is like, you know, you all ought to try this one here, which is called Coney Island Brewing Beer or something like that. And he says it's not as sweet. And I tried it, and I have to agree it's not as sweet. So I kind of like that one a little bit better. Coney Island, whatever. So it's good. But while I was driving there enough, because it's, you know, for me about a... A two-hour, two-hour and 20-minute maybe drive, depending on traffic. So on the way there and back, I started listening to a podcast called Hunt the Truth. Oh, I thought you were going to say my podcast. That's so much more interesting. Okay. <laughs> I found that. I was like, what is this? <laughs> so Hunt the Truth, uh, for those who are unfamiliar, is actually a really interesting storytelling podcast uh, about Master Chief. What's the name Halo. of the podcast again? Hunt the Truth. That sounds like something that Fox from the X-Files would call his podcast. <laughs> Am I wrong? Well, he might be Hunt for Truth. Well, right? something similar. Yeah. It just it made me, I was like, Fox? That you? <laughs> exactly. That should definitely, <laughs> definitely. Be. Anyway, so it's about Master Chief. Yeah. So have you ever heard of the podcast Serial? Yes. It's basically Serial, but Master Chief. Okay. That's that's cool. It's, it's actually pretty entertaining. So to listen to it all is maybe about three hours. Okay. Um, the first season, which is all it's out now. Uh, and it tells some of the story. You've probably seen some of the ads for Halo 5, where it has, you know, Locke hunting Chief. Yeah. It kind of explains why he could be considered a traitor. Okay. I'm not going to give out any, deep, you know, sure, spoilers course, for it. Of course, I, I definitely recommend that you listen to it. Uh, it's really good. They do have a supercut of all of it put together uh, as just one little thing if you want to listen to it. I don't think that's in podcast form. You just gotta go to their website to actually listen to that. Gotcha. So hunt the truth. I recommend it. It's really good. Uh, I binge listened to it, so nice. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, it has like sound effects and other thing in there, so it, it's more more of an audio uh, audio drama or something like that kind of thing where it has reenactments or just good voice acting and sure. talent through it. So it's good. So are you more excited about Halo Five Guardians now that you've listened to that? Oh yeah, I mean I wanted to play Halo right. as soon as I got home, pretty much, and I was nice. like you know kind of pumped for that. Uh, it was really cool, just a good story in the Halo universe. I think it retcons a little bit of things that were in the books before. Okay. But I definitely think that, you know, if you like listening to podcasts and you haven't heard that and you're looking forward to Halo and you want something to kind of help tide you over, get yeah. you kind of pumped for it. Absolutely. Uh, definitely check yeah, it out. Yeah, only a few more months to go, right? Yeah, it's getting close. I know. So listen to that on the way up there. And I just got to say, it's uh, it was a good experience going up there that Saturday. Even though I didn't really plan on doing it, but I was gonna say, oh, I, you liked it so much, you smash your phone again, huh? <laughs> it's gonna smash it right now. Uh, there's an iPad. I'll just smash that and pick it up. So uh, I, uh, the Naperville 
experience, mm-hmm. even though it wasn't planned. All around, good time. Let the good time. Well, good, go. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. So, that's not all I've been entertained by, though. And I'll let you take over here in a second. But, so, as far as movies go, I've started to actually watch one movie. I didn't finish it yet. Okay. But I was, while well, I was working out a couple days ago during lunch, I was like, oh, I want something to watch. And I pulled open my, my HBO Now app, and they had um, Into the Storm on there. Okay, I've seen that. I haven't seen the whole thing. I got probably about halfway through it. What'd you um, think? So far, it's not bad. It's right. okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the visual effects, even just watching it on my phone, you can really tell it's like fake. It's of course, yeah. Like the tornadoes and stuff. Right. I mean, being from our area, we're very familiar with what a tornado looks like and how it Unfortunately, works. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, so it was it was really actually interesting. The storytelling is kind of cool with the camera. It's mm-hmm. not a lost footage, but kind of that, that feel. Right. It, it reminds me of, I remember going on trips and stuff like that to the Dells or Branson. They have these shows in, in some of the little theaters that are mm-hmm. like, you know, documentaries almost about, uh, you know, storm uh, chasers and, and, and uh, you know, deep sea divers and stuff like that. The movie kind of reminds me of that, but in a, in a more cinematic way. Yeah. Right. Because you're getting the story from all the different characters. Um, but I definitely agree. It's it's like a low budget twister, mm-hmm. but it's entertaining, and it's I don't know. It's been lacking in that market for quite some time. I mean, ever since really Twister came out, right? I yeah. can't think of another good one. I mean, they've there have been a lot of attempts, but yeah, a good one. Right. There hasn't really been one to that level yet. You know what I mean? Right. And I didn't have high expectations going into the movie, so I was pleasantly surprised. And I haven't. Did I thought either. the ending was pretty uh, decent. So okay. when you watch that. Yeah, we'll have to talk about maybe, the ending yeah, later, maybe. Kind of spoiler alert, right? <laughs> uh, other than that, um, I have been watching, you know, because right now there's no new TV shows that are airing. I'm, yeah, we're like in purgatory. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you got to make, so I have like Netflix and I got Hulu and Amazon mm-hmm. and all this other you gotta stuff. got to go through so. your cycles. And yeah, so I'm looking out there, it's like, what do I, what do I want to watch that I haven't seen, like either in a long time or ever, right? And I'm starting, I, we started to rewatch Chuck. And so oh, I've been yeah. watching a lot of that first season Chuck right now. That's that's good stuff. It's a I good haven't show. I haven't seen it all the way through. My fiance and I started watching it. Uh, I think we made it maybe like the fourth season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's only four or five. Yeah, we're, we're we're pretty close. It's just like you know she left right, and it, it kind of just one of those. Just to clarify, she, she didn't leave you. Not not me. <laughs> she left the area that I'm in. She's coming back. I hope they always come I back. Think. <laughs> Yeah, we got to finish Chuck, right? But, yeah, it was just one of those things that it just kind of, we watched it maybe too much too often, mm-hmm. maybe kind of got burnt out on it a little bit, and then right. it just kind of just fell off the radar with other shows that, you know, took priority. But mm-hmm. Chuck, man, that's, I didn't have high hopes for that when, you know, I started watching that, and I was really pleasantly surprised by that. Funny thing is, when Chuck first came out, I was actually working at Best Buy, so it's like everything that was, it was just... <laughs> that's great. It was like... This this is all like hilarious to me because of the environment that I work in. So so were, were you going around Best Buy like searching for like secret <laughs> hidden corridors and stuff like that? No, okay. no, I I knew ours was just stupid buy. Okay. Best Buy. Stupid there's no there's nothing here. <laughs> so uh, on the gaming side of things, I've actually played a few things. Uh, I started playing on the iOS, which I never play any games on my phone, but I started just to check it out because I saw it came available a couple days ago. Final Fantasy VII on the iOS, oh my. on my phone. So, um, just a couple brief things is, I don't know why, but when I started playing it, and this is all on day one, it didn't, 
the sound didn't come through. Like, I don't know why the sound wasn't coming through. And that could just be because I was listening to a podcast before. And then, you know, when you start an app that has sound, it kind of right. cuts the other stuff out. So I don't know if that had something to do with it or not. I haven't actually tried it since then. But the other thing was, it's very fast. So you're moving your character around. He's just running around. Like, not... I played the original on the PlayStation. You know, I played right. uh, millions of times on different platforms. And it's just so very fast, which is interesting because it gets you through it quicker. I guess in a mobile platform, they kind of want to speed you along as much as possible. Right. But you have to hold the button to walk low. So there's a few times where I was, like, going too fast that I ran into a corner because it wasn't going where I wanted to go. So I was like, come on now. Right. And go and get to the door. Um, the fun. battles are also very, very fast. So it's just like your turn, your turn, your turn. If you're familiar with turn-based RPGs, right. you wait, there's a clock, and then you wait, and then they attack or whatever. Right. It's just like attack, 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 attack. So it's right. like back and forth really quick. Um, but it's entertaining, though. Yeah, I mean, it's bringing back... Final Fantasy fan. Yeah, it's bringing back memories. If this is your first time playing Final mm-hmm. Fantasy, though, I wouldn't recommend playing it on the iOS. Yeah. Uh, on the app, because it's just... It's too fast. Right, and the controls are always going to be imperfect when you're limited, like you are on a mobile device. Yeah, like, so it's a virtual little thumbstick or a D-pad, and then some buttons that you press on the side. What was the download size? Just curious. Close to 4 gig. Okay. So not bad. Not for a Final Fantasy yeah, game exactly. on a mobile device. Which was three discs, you know, back on PlayStation exactly. days. Yep. So uh, the other thing was with that, you can also set your stats or change the configuration of the game. Again, probably because it's a mobile device. And you can automatically, like, go to 100%, like, 9999 live, 99998 mm-hmm. attack, and all this stuff. So you can max out your stats, like, right away. Um, and then you can also avoid all the random encounters. You can press a button to avoid all those. So it's kind of odd. Like, again, this is Takes not... the fun out of it a little yeah, bit, don't you It's think? not the definitive experience, but I understand that when you're in the mobile platform, you may not have the time to sit back and go through it like that. But right. it was 16 bucks, which is expensive for an app. I was just going to say, I was looking through the uh, app store over here, and I noticed that they're pretty pricey. Yeah, their stuff is very pricey. But they are, in essence, know. full platform yeah. games. So I mean, it's, it's a game that I would... I, it's not like I've bought it a million times. Exactly. Yeah. I've bought this game on PC, on PlayStation a number of times, and I've bought it again on PC just to have it on Steam, and then I've bought it digitally on PS3 just to have the PS1 Classic available. So I've bought it a so ton of times. So you're a fan. I am. <laughs> I actually, uh, stalwart listeners will know that before Alex came along, I did a Final Fantasy VII episode. Oh, boy. So good. Was it like four hours? Uh, probably two and a half. Okay, that was, <laughs> was close. Back in the back in the day, episodes were a little longer. Yeah, so we've kind of trimmed them down a little bit. Um, other than that, as far as the games go, I have played Madden sixteen, just yeah. one match. I only played the the opening, um, like the little tutorial. Yeah, like, the tutorial. Now, that uh, Super Bowl fifty. Now, is that something that did you download the game entirely? And yes. then launch it. Yep. So you still had to go through that. You still had to start with I that. I thought maybe the only reason I had to go through that uh, was because, because it, it was ill in the process of downloading. That kind of sucks that that counts against your time. Well, that, I mean, they've been. All the EA games start like that, though, to kind of introduce you to the new mechanics. They all do it. Like, Rory McIlroy PGA just did it. The last Madden did it. Um, I don't think the Madden before that did it, though, because it was just. It was bad. I guess I would just prefer if we're on a time constraint because we're we're in but it's early 10 access. Hours. I know it's ten hours, but I love Madden. <laughs> like I would burn through. I'll probably burn through the ten hours this weekend. Fortunately, it comes out on the following Tuesday. But I would prefer at that time 
if you were loading up the game, you just had the option to load the game, and it took you right to the menu, and you could do what you want. Mm-hmm. If you're in the process of loading like the game... Like, it looks at a save file and says, oh, even... But they're trying to do... The, they had Ben Roethlisberger, you know, doing the narration. They had the guys giving their little commentary on the sidelines. So it's like they wanted to kind of present the cinematic approach to the game. That's, that, that's the way they want to introduce the game to you, though, you know. Which, that's fine, I suppose but when you put a time limit on what we want to do i just want to do what i want to do to figure to you know explore the game and play the game and playing as the cardinals or the steelers is you know with mostly cinematic trailers in between is is not what i wanted to do for my first 30 minutes on my 10 hour session and i wanted to ask you for that opening session now i was broadcasting it on twitch so i didn't know if it was because i was doing that or not Mm -hmm. but when you played the opening scenario yeah was it like so, like, the voices weren't matching up to the to the uh, mouth movement, or, like, it was just kind of laggy, kind of, you know. I did not experience you that. You didn't experience it. So it must have been because I was broadcasting on Twitch then. I would hope. Okay. <laughs> and the download was quick for 19 gigs. It was maybe 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. So it was... It was pretty quick. And, and, again, I don't know how much time they would have spent on voice matching up with lips... For a Madden game. In a game. football game. Yeah, exactly. So it was probably just like a, just throw this on there. Right. I mean, it's not the, the typical football team that's making that trailer. It's probably, you know, the, the, the team that does some of the stuff for Battlefront or something like that right. doing it. Because it runs on the Frostbite engine like Battlefront mm-hmm. does. So I'm just waiting for the the, the fantasy uh, stadiums to come in where there's like stuff like falling in the background. Yes. That would be kind of cool. That would be really cool. They got a How missed opportunity. Awesome. Roy McIlroy did a Battlefield 4 PGA Tour golf course. I mean, come on That's now. That's awesome. It should be in the game. It's just for fun, especially when you have like a sandbox game like that where you want the user to be able to do as much as they want. They can create their own players, their own teams. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's their own uniforms now. And yeah, something to look at in the future, EA. Oh, they'll probably, they, I know they listen to this podcast. So they're listening to it and saying, oh, you know what? Listen, we'll everybody. do that. We'll charge them $10 to do it. Oh. DLC. That's not. That's not the point. That's that's what would happen. So wasn't it you that showed me the picture of the hamburger? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so it's a picture of a hamburger, and it's like a, it's like a meme side by side. It says that video games then and now, and in the then section, it's a burger, you know, with cheese and all the vegetables and sauces and stuff like that. And a bun and all that. Right, mm-hmm. and then underneath you have the expansion, which is the fries and the drink. Mm-hmm. If you want to upgrade to the full meal. Mm-hmm. All right. So now then you look at now. And now, the game itself is just the buns, and all the toppings and everything in between are the DLC, <laughs> and then the ketchup's like in a GameStop exclusive, and the mustard's <laughs> like a Best Buy exclusive. It's just, it's just ridiculous when you think about it, and it's so true. Mm-hmm. You buy shelves now mm-hmm. for games. Unless you're talking about The Witcher, which is the best experience I've had in a complete package in a long time. I can't speak to that because I haven't played through the whole thing. It did look like a pretty complete game, but then, but then on those games though, it's like then how do they build off of it? You know what I mean? That'll mm-hmm. be the challenge for them, which I understand. It's like it's like a double edged sword, right? You want to build on your game, so you don't want to maybe show everything at the beginning. Well, with but The Witcher, to charge me for yeah. everything. It's just ridiculous. With The Witcher, what they're doing, they released free DLC, you know, weekly for mm-hmm. a few weeks, and then they they finally released eighteen different DLCs for free. Um, which the last one, by the way, is New Game Plus. So you can go through and play the game again. You know, it's it's really cool. Yeah. And then the developer came out and said, like, this is the model that we believe in. This is this is the model that consumers deserve mm-hmm. because they're paying for our product. 
but they do have a season pass for 25 bucks that will have two expansions later on, which adds 15 and 25 hours of gameplay. Completely new storyline quests, though. So it's not like, oh, this little, you can change your appearance here for five bucks or whatever right. it is. It's, yeah. That stuff is free, but an, an additional expansion, like a legit expansion, yeah. is paid for, which I have I'm no okay problem with. with that. Exactly. I'm okay with that because it's all, we, we have our $1 rule, right? Mm-hmm. You have to get at least $1 per however many hours of gameplay you're either getting or you believe that you're going to invest in the game. And if you can justify that, then it's worth it. Mm-hmm. So like 10 hours of Madden cost me, I mean, if, if you do the EA Early Access, it's only 5 bucks for the month. Or 30 for the year. Or 30 for the whole year. So 30 for the whole year cost me like, what, a couple bucks a month? Mm-hmm. Easy decision. Just for the trial. Easy decision. Yeah. Plus, I mean, you're going to get Battlefront later on, you know, Star Wars Battlefront. Right. Be first playing on... Absolutely. I might take a day off or two just to play. I Expire my trial with him like 10 hours. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as my trial like, timer starts, it's just over. It's either you're taking the day off or you're showing up in Jedi robes. I mean, one of the two. <laughs> one of the two. Um, so other than that, I've also been playing uh, some indie games. Uh, I started an indie game called The Swindle. It just came out recently on Steam and on uh, Xbox One. It was on stuff like 1250 or whatever it was. Recommend that game. That was really good. It's cool. It's uh, cool. So basically, it's randomly generated levels. It's all procedurally done. Okay. So you'll have a, a character that you start with that will most likely die within the first few attempts. Okay. And then you get another character. But you have like 100 days to complete this overall objective, which is to, to stop this launch of this Skynet-type system that stops crime before it happens. Nice. So it's really fun. It's kind of stealth where you got the, the guys that are you know, patrolling the area where you're trying to go in and hide something out of the computer, or you got the security system stuff that's moving around. If you trigger an alarm, then the police come. Yeah, it's fun. It's really fun. It's yeah. really cool for... for I, I don't know what I was really expecting going into it. I bought it because the art looked really cool, mm-hmm. and I was just like, this looks like a game I want to play. And again, that dollar for whatever rule, I've probably played it for at least 12 hours now, so I'm already Got your good. money's worth. Yeah, exactly. And what was the name of it again? The Swindle. Swindle. The Swindle. The Swindle. Yes. So I definitely recommend it. It's so they didn't swindle fun. you out of your money. No. Okay, Surprisingly, of the title. Right? You're, you're looking at the title of the game. The Swindle. This looks, Do I actually want to put money this towards that? This looks fishy, yeah. <laughs> but it's, uh, the, it's the games that you go into, right, that you have low expectations. You don't know what to expect. That. Not low expectations, but just you don't know what to expect. Exactly. So it either disappoints you and you don't really care as much about it because mm-hmm. you didn't you know, go into it thinking, oh, my God, Star Wars Battlefront. Mm-hmm. Or it just surprises you. Yeah. So I definitely recommend that game. And I'm actually uh, in talks with the developer of the game to get them on at some point, too, uh, when things kind of cool down after nice. the launch. So uh, hopefully you'll you'll have that in a few weeks to months. And they're going to provide free copies, right? I don't know about that. Oh. So they're swindling. Give them the money. What a, it's good. What a bunch of swindlers. It's, the, it's worth the money, in my opinion. So I would say just buy it. Um, also, Xbox Live, they released, um, was it last month? So Many Me was free uh, on Games with Gold. I started playing that. It's fine. I didn't spend much time on it. And then I moved on. Um, but also, I <laughs> I played uh, Shadow of Mordor, which is not an indie game. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> not even close. But I had the DLC that I've had forever. I bought the season pass like a while back when oh, it was wow. on sale. But I wanted to go back because I had 100% on the achievements uh, before the DLC came out. Right. So I was like, i got to regain that 100% now because they've had all these, deal- these achievements. So I went through and I played through half of one of them and all of another 
of the DLCs. So working my way through that as well. That's it's a good game. If you've never played Shadow of Mordor, it's it's really good. It's a single player. It has a story, so you may not like Oof. it. I don't know. You know what? How I feel about stories. <laughs> but you know, I just Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah, it's so, it's middle of Shadow of yeah, Mordor, so it's that experience. Just, uh, and it ties in really cool. If you if you're familiar with like the story of the Lord of the Rings stuff, yeah. it ties in really well with all that. You'll you'll come across some character that you may recognize from the movie, possibly. So okay, cool. Um, that's it for me. What about you? That's, that's quite a bit. <laughs> well, well, you know me. I I only hover. I have my small group of games, right? I like to take a small group of games and just focus on that, whatever is entertaining to me at the time, and just completely master those couple games rather than just, you know, play a little bit here and a little bit here. What about when you master a game and then they decide to change the whole mechanic on you? I don't know if, uh, I don't know what game you're speaking of. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, I mean, Madden's going to be a big time investment for me lately just because I'm so pumped for football season. Oh, yeah. It's just completely on my brain. The, The initial gameplay was fun, but when the allure of I'm ready for football and I can watch it every Sunday, when that wears off, I think I'm going to have some issues with the game because it still feels really arcadey to me for mm-hmm. a football game. And then, like, you compare, you take Madden and then you go, and, like, I play 2K, NBA 2K. It's like night and day. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like a real sports sim versus did I put my quarter in the machine? Right. What, that is how I feel when I run around. But a lot of the, you know, changes that they've made in Madden that I've seen so far, they look pretty good. And... I'm pretty excited about it. I'll probably have more to say about it at a later date. We have to play, and we'll we'll, we'll report back on how we. I was really disappointed games. when I woke up the day after <laughs> it was uh, the the early access for Madden was released, and I found that Nathan had you know destroyed my Bears um, in his first and only match. <laughs> so I woke up and I was really tired, and it was really early, and I was like, oh, I just I gotta play this right now so I can make my own screenshot. Unfortunately, I ended up losing to the Rams, uh, so. <laughs> I just didn't even make a screenshot at all. <laughs> yeah, so but, I, I, I was thinking of you. I, I may have even tagged you. I know you were thinking of me. You tagged me, yeah. <laughs> I was like, this because I played, you know, Bears or Rams, because they meet this year, you they know, did. in yep. St. Louis. So I kind of did the, you know, St. Louis and whatever day it was. Yeah. And uh, I just had to share that with, with the world. Well, and, you thank know. you. Yeah. So <laughs> anything else? Um, Bungie's been doing some streams for Destiny. Obviously, I keep up on the, the Destiny streams. Um, they're releasing a lot of really cool features for the expansion pack. Again, if you've been uh, cautious about, you know, I don't know if I want to invest in uh, $40 more worth, uh, you know, for another expansion, I would just urge you to take a look at everything that they're changing. It, it It's a lot of new content and a lot of new culture coming to the game mm-hmm. in year two. And it, it makes a lot more sense as an MMO now than it did in year one. Yeah. And the changes are really exciting. That you know, lots more to do. So, again, the dollar rule, forty dollars. I'm gonna definitely get forty hours out of it. I mean, I probably would have without the expansion. So It'll probably spend forty hours in orbit. It, probably. <laughs> I don't even know how long I spend in orbit. I know that I'm reaching the five hundred hour mark. Good lord. It's 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 a problem. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. 500 hours. Yes. Halfway, you could have learned a language. Halfway to 1,000. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I've been keeping up on that. That's coming out on the 15th of September, so that's pretty exciting. And then in the mi- midst of those two games, I'll throw in Halo Master Chief Collection, play some, get a nostalgic, you know, thing going on with get Halo. You, get you pumped for, for... I am. I, I, I wasn't really excited for Halo 4. But I'm excited for Halo 5, even though I didn't particularly care for the beta. 
too much. Um, I'm just excited to play Halo again. Mm -hmm. And again, I always have high hopes, right? It's done the right way. If it works right, it's going to be an amazing game. So it's just a lot of exciting games coming up. I'm Instead of playing them, I'm just playing my core couple and uh, just keeping up on the news and getting, you know, built up excitement for all the new stuff that's coming out. Speaking of new stuff coming out, did you see that they announced a Star Wars PS4? No, because I don't have a PS4. No, I don't either. But I will <laughs> November 17th. Yeah, but I'm not going to go out and buy a PS4. <laughs> you, you very well may. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, they announced the Star Wars PlayStation 4. I just want to touch on this. I don't cover news anymore, but um, it's it's really cool because it's a black PlayStation 4. It's the newer model. It's still a 500-gig hard drive, but it has Darth Vader's picture on the top of it. And instead of just, like, a black background, it's really, you got to look closely at the picture. It's like a Star Wars, the logo just repeated completely behind the That's Darth cool. Vader, like a, a dark finish. So it looks really nice. Uh, the controller is influenced by uh, Darth Vader's chest piece. So it's got, like, different colors and stuff okay. going on. I can see that. And um, it also comes with Battlefront, obviously. And then it comes with four Star Wars classic games. Now I'm going to ask you a question. When you think of four classic Star Wars games, just rattle off some that come to mind. Knights of the Old Republic. Okay. I would say maybe Force Unleashed should be on there. I like that game. I, I consider that to be a, a decent. But I, I don't know if I consider it a classic I, though. I don't. I don't. Yes, it's 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 really new. Um, there was a, a N sixty four game that I thought was pretty classic, but I doubt that that Racer? would be on there. Well, the the Razer game was cool. It was the oh, crap. I don't even remember the name of it now. It was the one where Shadows you were, of the Empire. Shadows of the Empire was. One. I consider that a classic. There was another one. Rogue Squadron. Rogue Squadron. I consider Thank that a classic you. too. Yeah, but again, it's. Not something that I'm going to assume is going to be on a PlayStation 4. Right. Unless I'm wrong. Do, do you have the answers? I do. Okay, let's hear it. So, when I consider a game to be classic, I think of Knights of the Old Republic. Right? Absolutely. I think of Star Wars, um, uh, the X-Wing versus TIE Fighter game. Wasn't there a Star Wars Commander game, too? There was. was pretty intense. Was pretty but, classic, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think of, like, Jedi Knight, Dark Forces, that kind of game. And Jedi Academy was... Yeah, decent. that was decent. But I would of that series, I would put Jedi Outcast. Yeah, probably is the best. Absolutely. So those were kind of the ones that I would think of when I think of a a classic Star Wars game. Sure. Super Star Wars is one of the four games, which is a classic. Okay, Great. sure. Got it. Um, Nintendo game, I think Super Nintendo, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. So they're going to use that Star Wars Racer Revenge. So it was the game that was a pod racing game after. Pod Racer on 64. I think this was a PlayStation 2 game. So that's an exclusivity title that they're adding there, right? Because possibly, yeah. More just PlayStation had this at one point rather than it being a classic. Bringing classic. it back again, I yeah. think. But it wasn't just on PlayStation, it was also on uh, PC okay. uh, at the time. And then you also get Star Wars Jedi Starfighter, which I like that. I, have it, I still have it actually on Xbox, mm -hmm. the original Xbox. Uh, it's also on PC, so it was on PlayStation 2 as well. That's the third of four games. Okay. And then the last one, super puzzling how they can consider this one to be a classic, Star Wars Bounty Hunter. Oh. The Episode 2 tie-in game with Jango Fett. It was a lead-in game. Why? I was supposed to explain how Dooku chose Jango Fett type situation, but hmm. I can't hardly remember the game. All I remember is back in the day it was revolutionary because the graphics did look good back in the day. 
but it had like you know you could control one blaster with one trigger, one blaster with another controller or mm-hmm. other trigger. So those are the four games: Super Star Wars, Star Wars Racer Revenge, Star Wars Jedi Starfighter, and Bounty Hunter. That's a bit disappointing. When you think of the classic, selection. yeah, I don't think of that as a classic. But hey. They have trophies and stuff now. I will be playing all of them. There's Star Wars in the name. I will be playing them. It doesn't matter to yeah. me. So, Which, that's that's probably the thought process there, right? Let's go with the stuff that's going to cost us least in licensing mm-hmm. and, you know, to, to give out. Everybody's going to play it anyway because it's Star Wars branded. Yeah. So, looking forward to playing that. Mm-hmm. Um, Battlefront, I guess I'll be so playing. So, you are on. getting it. I am going to get See, it. Exactly. Because that's it's a Star Wars. That I had the Batman Arkham. <laughs> <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> And then I was like, you know what? I guarantee that they're going to release a PlayStation that has a Star Wars system with it. Yeah, they're making a huge deal about Battlefront, yeah, so of course. Because the E3 conference was like, this is the home for Star Wars. So I was like, they're going to do something. Yeah. And then if they didn't do that, they were going to release an Uncharted edition, which I would have gotten that. So I returned the Batman Over one. Batman? Yeah. I would, I would rather have the Uncharted than the Batman one. Okay. Because um, I, I played through Arkham Knight and just, whatever, it's... I like the gray color scheme, but yeah. I didn't. It I don't care about Arkham Knight that much. It's going to be forget a forgetful game, honestly. Okay. Um, but Star Wars, I mean, it's classic, right? Vader is the yeah. perfect. You know, the black system, it's perfect. So I took that uh, back to the store, knowing that they were probably going to be releasing something that I would rather have, and then got that. Nice. So well, I will get that. Pre-orders still haven't gone up as we record now, but when they do, this guy going to click the button. <laughs> What's the uh, what's the price range that you're expecting? About five hundred. Better not be. Uh, it sh- I I think that it should be. I want it to be four hundred. It'll be four fifty then. That's what I'm thinking because the Batman one was four fifty. Oh, was it? Yeah. So. But the Batman game only came with one new release game, right? There wasn't. It was just Batman. So yeah. they're probably going to charge you for those four classics. Probably. And the Star Wars name built in a little bit there. Yeah. All right, I'm guessing $499.99. It should be $400, because the Destiny one, that the new Destiny one that they have, that looks really nice, that white uh, one that right. they have the design for, it's 400 bucks. comes with the expansion for the Taken King and everything, that's so just the complete game. Right, but Destiny is not a known title at the time of the... Now it is, but I'm saying at the time, <laughs> no, right, it was a now. brand new game. It's coming out. Oh, it's coming out. Okay, with, with the Taken King. One. Okay, well, Destiny's it's better. What do you want me to say? It's I mean, 400 bucks. Destiny's the best. <laughs> Whatever. So, <laughs> with that, let's move on into our our meat for this week. Let's do it. Our entertaining thoughts. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Now, to start out, before we go into story or anything else, start a discussion. When do do you think? Maybe you know. Maybe you've looked it up. This story takes place in the Indiana Jones timeline. Well, I know the answer because I looked it up. Did do you, I do why? believe that it shows some at some point that it was 1935. Right, so it does so bring are, that up. So we are aware that it is before Raiders of the Lost mm-hmm. Ark. Um, like a year or two before, yeah. Yeah. So why do you think they decided to do a prequel instead of doing a sequel to it? I didn't see a reason. I, I don't have an answer for you because 
I, I, just, I don't have an answer for you. I, I wouldn't have done a prequel. You can definitely tell that this was a Lucas-influenced joint because yeah. it started with the middle, went to the first, then it ended with the last yeah. uh, for that original trilogy. Anyway. Right. And so. speaking of Lucas, did you notice in the in the opening scene when they're driving through the streets of Shanghai, did you notice the name of the club? Club Obi-Wan? Club Obi-Wan. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. So this movie obviously came out after uh, Return of the Jedi, or I'm sorry, uh, Empire Strikes Empire, Back. Yep. So Star Wars is huge, but Star Wars was also huge when Raiders came out. But yeah, he had a lot more pride to just kind of put the little cameo stuff in. Both of them came out after Empire had um, been released, correct? Because Empire was released in 80. Empire was 80, so it was Raiders Raiders was 81, and then this was 84. So they're both within the same, between episode um, 7. And six, six and seven, five yeah. and six. Oh my goodness! Between Empire and Jedi, because, because between Force Awaken, <laughs> jeez. So yeah, I thought that was interesting that they decided to go back in time and tell the story. Which yeah, um, okay. But uh, with this one, obviously, you can tell that they were kind of latched on the name Indiana Jones, right? Because going forward, all all of them are Indiana Jones and the. In the title, the first one was Raiders and all the Lost Ark, mm-hmm. and Indiana Jones was just a character that grew up to be the title character now. Right. I don't think. Do you think people would have gone to see this movie if it was just called the Temple of Doom? Probably not. I mean, the the Temple of Doom is a really cool name. Right? It is a cool name. But it makes so much more of an impact when you're saying Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. You right. kind of have an idea in your mind of what you're going to expect. Right. So. Because then you know, oh, Indiana Jones, I like that first movie with him in it, so I'll go see this one. Right, exactly. So you have that name recognition, kind of like you had with The Dark Knight, and then The Dark Knight Returns. Mm-hmm. I mean, The Dark Knight... Rises. Rises. Yeah. Rises. Right. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Can't ever say that word by you, huh? So tell me what you think about this movie, because I have some, some mixed thoughts that I'm still kind of processing and formulating through this, and I do want to... You know, first, I'm going to do it this way, because, you know, on Twitter, you can reach out to us at EntertainingPod, and, or me. Yeah, of course, I know all about Alex. Twitter, yep. Um, you know, dear listener. <laughs> and uh, Jason Lacey, who is a member of the Flux Depose podcast, he's been on this program before, and he said, you know, Raiders is great, but his, his favorite one is Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. You know, and I asked him a question, because we kind of talked about this last week, right? Sure. Was, is it good, because he said it was the best trilogy ever, or best series ever. So he, I think he raised it above Star Wars, which is kind of funny from what I've talked to him about. It's like, really? <laughs> but the question is that I asked him, is like, do you think it's because of nostalgia, right? Because when we were younger, we saw that, and that was, it was so cool because we right. could actively imagine that. Or, you know, our fondness of childhood. If we sat down with an 8 or 10-year-old today, do you think that they would view it like we did it if they would enjoy it. Oh. And we had a discussion last week, and right. I don't think so. Mm-mm. But, you know, his, here's was his answer, and I liked it. I probably didn't watch it until I was a young teen, but, I mean, my wife enjoys them too, and that's a big deal, right? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, my wife, she'll watch shows with me, but she doesn't always enjoy them. Like, she, she'll watch all the Marvel movies with me and stuff like that. She doesn't like a lot of them until we talk about it afterwards. She's like, she likes different characters sure. for different reasons. So, you know, it's it's funny because when you talk about someone else liking something that you like, they have a different set of tastes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my wife likes um, a lot of the, the romance shows and stuff like that. Sure. So it's kind of funny because 
when you talk about someone else enjoying something that you have, and if you think about people enjoying it today, it's possible, right? Yeah, it's it's possible. So it's curious, and it's funny because it, I asked him if he thought that they would enjoy it. He's like, I would sit down and make them enjoy it, like, you know, for 8 or 10-year-olds. So. Right. <laughs> I was like, well, that'll go well. But I just wanted to share that. So tell me your thoughts of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. I mean, just very bluntly, I didn't care for it. I mean, definitely over Raiders of the Lost Ark. Just particularly just thinking about Indiana Jones, not my favorite, right? But it is that nostalgia that gets you Mm -hmm. because it's Indiana Jones, right? I grew up watching this. And the way that it's filmed, you know, kind of half-heartedly is entertaining to me, right? And Harrison Ford is great. Obviously, um, I guess I'm just, I'm a little disappointed just by the, the story. I wasn't really too into the story. It's been a long time since I've seen Temple of Doom. Mm-hmm. I didn't really get into the story too much. And like you said, I didn't really see a need for them to do a prequel. Right. I would have preferred a sequel to build off of what happened in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Not, right. you know, this is what happened before. I don't really care at this point. Maybe after we do a couple sequels, I'll care. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But but ultimately, it's more Indiana Jones. It is more Indiana Jones. But again, though, that it's part of that nostalgia, mm-hmm. which is why I was able to make it through the movie. If this was just a, mo- a movie not including Indiana Jones, like you said, if this is just the Temple of Doom. So you were struggling to make it through this movie then? A little bit, yeah. I, had to spl- I, I split it up into two parts because I honestly fell asleep. So at what point did you fall asleep? Like, do you remember the point of the movie? Um, it was after the grotesque uh, feast, oh. um, and I'm surprised I fell asleep, not went to the bathroom and got sick. But <laughs> it, you know, it, I don't know if it had anything to do with the movie or the fact that I was just really tired. But um, yeah, it was just it was really hard for me to get into it for some reason, mm-hmm. and it wasn't for Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, I mean, I'll echo those sentiments to an extent. Yeah, so. You know how we talked about last week, and Indiana Jones was kind of a reaction to Steven Spielberg wanting to do a James Bond. Right. You can definitely tell that influence at the beginning of this movie with him coming with the dinner jacket and everything. Absolutely. So, Which, that was a good opening scene. I I did like, okay, for the opening scene, I liked that. You didn't like the song before? No, that... Completely just... And I, I, probably because I really don't like that actress that played that Willie role. Mm Mm-hmm. Annoying. And very annoying. It was done purposefully that way, though, because I, I read that they wanted somebody completely contrast to Marion. They even dyed her hair blonde to just, you know, take the, the look away from it as well. But, again, didn't really see a, a point mm-hmm. to the, the opening number, yeah. whatever you want to call it. But after that, it Brilliant. the opening was fine. It was yeah. a good scene. Um, and then you got... The, you know, the, the escape, the, the, the escape, Shanghai, yep. short round, driving the car. Which I, is funny. I always remember that. Hilarious. Yeah. And then, you know, he's running from this guy, and he gets to the, the, the plane, and he's out there. That whole scene is is fine to me. Right. And then we get kind of a little bit of a lag when he's doing the elephant, or the elephant stuff, trying to get to wherever. Um, the story, the reason why he had to go to the temple was actually pretty interesting, right? Mm-hmm. 
kind of you know the kids were were stolen, yep. and then the the rock was stolen, which they attributed to causing all the other stuff from happening. Right. So once you get to then the temple where they're at, it's kind of like okay, kind of, eh. but then it gets to that scene with the the food, and that's kind of oh my gosh, that's where you fell asleep. So I can understand like the whole after them getting out of the the situation with the plane kind of lull. Mm-hmm. Then you get to the point where they're having dinner, and if you want to call it that, oh, God, the, the cockroaches or whatever those were, the, every time, the, the snake? There, there were two things that did me in, and it doesn't matter what age I am or what year I'd watch this movie, they would just make me sick every single time. It's unsettling. When they cut the snake open, all the little snakes came out. Mm-hmm. And I'm surprised Indy didn't make a comment there. I know, the right? Snakes. That, yeah. that would have been a perfect opportunity. Because there was that snake scene earlier where he... Where they were in the jungle, yeah. right? And she thought it was the elephant uh-huh. trunk, whatever. Um, that acting, by the way, was awesome. He didn't have to... It was perfect. Yeah. I love that. That was good. He has his moments. Harrison Ford, like, at the very end when he's saying, water, water. Like, he needs uh-huh. water because uh-huh. his foot's smoking. The, the water starts. Yeah. But, um, classic. Um, so, yeah, the snakes and then the chilled brain for dessert. Oh, my goodness. The eyeball soup? The, and, yeah, the well, the eyeball soup. But, I mean, that looked fake, yeah. right? The I'm snake, sure. though. Those were legit. Yeah. <laughs> that looked... Just, and then it showed the one with the guy... There had to be something, like jelly or something like that, that made it move like that, because it's like he slurred them. Oh. Right. And I was talking to you about this earlier. Even if I was acting and I knew that it, what I was putting in my mouth was, you know, jello from the brain or... You know, I wouldn't even... No. I, wouldn't I couldn't do it. Do it. I, I, don't I could not do it. I'm like, sorry. Can't I can't act that good? Uh-uh. <laughs> you got the wrong guy for that scene. But you know, I mean, it, it scenes like that that this contributed to the creation of a PG thirteen rating mm-hmm. because this was a dark movie. Very, and uh, in Indiana Jones was almost not the same character that he was. It, it, it's probably intentional because it was a prequel to Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? So he's younger, maybe coming into his ways, but he was a different character. Um, mm-hmm. Very much more. Let's. How should I put this? Violent. Um, more susceptible to being tricked. Mm-hmm. He wasn't as he wasn't as crafty. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, with the poison at the beginning, and he's it, you know he's kind of like struggling to run around, and then he gets caught in a few bad scenarios, and he gets bailed out by his team. Mm-hmm. Not the crafty Indiana Jones that we think of. Right. So, couple, couple things that influenced this, you know, as far as the creation. I think both George Lucas and Steven Spielberg were going through, like, breakups at this time. Um, and so that kind of attributed to making it a darker movie. I've read that before. And also part of, part of the reason why that person got the Willy role, she later married um, Spielberg. So Okay, so a little bit of a political game A little there. bit of something, yeah. But you look at the Indiana Jones character in this movie. And like you said, he's not as mature, maybe. He even has a, at the very end of the movie, has a, a, a line that says, oh, they'll just probably put it in the museum. He was, looking for, he was wanting those rocks for fortune and glory. Mm-hmm. In Raiders, he doesn't even care. He wants a, a museum to have everything at the end. That's a that's a, the big deal to him in Raiders of the Lost yeah. Ark. He, he's, I'm going to do this, but I want to make sure. Museum gets it. That, exactly. So And then we'll, we'll cover it next week with La, uh, Last Crusade, but... The line that I always remember from that is like, "It belongs in a museum," you know, mm-hmm. and that was from like his young flashback. Right. That's a preview for next week. But 
it, it's a completely different characterization of the yeah. here. And maybe it's because of what he went through in this movie, right? With the, the kids and everything else. Because I'll tell you this, part of the reason why I have mixed emotions on this is like, I really could do without all the, uh, the grabbing the heart out, sacrifice stuff. Yeah. It still unsettles me to this very day, Very drug right? out. Yeah. Very long, very just, I mean, you could... Intimate. It's, yeah, it's just, <laughs> just, yeah, it's it's like, man, it's uncomfortable. You know, yeah. it's you get to that kind of point, and I know people like that kind of feeling, you know, they watch horror movies just for the, to get that kind of feeling. Um, I'm not a fan of those type of movies because it's just like, I don't want to feel like that. But I feel very unsettled when I watch the right. sacrifice scene or whatever like that. And then you have your hero character, Indiana Jones, gets, you know, his mind taken over by whatever. And then he's doing the bad stuff. So your hero mm-hmm. is no longer there. Right. I mean. But again, though, it goes back to kind of what we said last week. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's different this week, right? Because Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom is targeted to Indiana Jones being a hero. It's not just the Temple of Doom. Mm-hmm. But it's, it is earlier than Raiders of the Lost Ark. So maybe, again, we're not supposed to... He's not supposed to be the, you know, epitome the, of the hero heroism. You're, right. You know, you're just going on the journey with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I do think that part of the reason why he was a different character is because what happened here contributed to how he was different in Raiders of the Lost Ark, like you said. Absolutely. I just think they could have done a better job showing that transition along the way. Mm-hmm. You know, from him being how he was at the beginning to more like how he was in Raiders of the Lost Ark towards the end. He's very... He was very like haphazard. Like he jumped into situations, right? And it, it was it wasn't like Indiana Jones at all. Um, and then, like I said, it was bailed out by somebody else. So I don't know. Just this is definitely going to be. I can say with complete honesty, even before I see the other two, it's going to be the least watched Indiana Jones see, out of the series for me. So here's here's my overall view of this movie. You have the opening song. I hate it. That scene afterwards, I like it. Um, the dinner scene, I just, ugh, unsettled me every time. And the whole scene where you have everything else going on with the, um, the people, it's, it's fine. Right. So it's one of those things where you look at it, it's just what, it has moments that I like and moments that I don't. And yeah. part of the stuff I like is the, the running away from the, the temple in the, the cart scene, right? Yes. Le- letting out the kids. Mm-hmm. I mean... The look at Harrison's on his face when he's freeing the kids, I think that's honestly probably one of the reasons why he likes playing Indiana Jones. Yeah, is because of that scene. And if if there's any scene that's formative of Indiana Jones, it's when he sees the kids, throws the rock at the guy, pulls himself again into that situation, and then later on when he's freeing all the kids and he's just the look on his face is brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, it's part of the transformation. Yeah. Right? And I think that's when he really kind of gets into being the hero that we know in Raiders, mm-hmm. the hero that we want him to be. Right. Mm-hmm. So with the Temple of Doom, definitely a formative movie for, for him. But again, I didn't like the opening number. I liked the escape from uh, Lao, whatever his name is, uh, in the airplane didn't like the tra- the travel to the temple all up until the part where he comes out from under the spell 
don't really like that part of the movie. The sacrifice. And then right. He's, did, did you find that a couple scenes jumped into situations that they didn't show you what happened before? Like, you know, all of a sudden they're, they're there kind of hidden witnessing the, the sacrifice. And then, and then the, all of a sudden he's captured. Right. Then the and characters are everybody's captured. And show you how he got captured. Same thing with the little boy. Then he was trying to get up to the kid that was poking the voodoo doll. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he's just beating the crap out of the kid. Well, it showed him how you got. He got. I mean, he, he showed him going yeah. up a little bit, so that's fine. But it's like you know what I mean. You don't see that initial encounter. It just it kind of jumped to that point. And for I know that I read that uh, Spielberg and Lucas sat down and, and and they watched a condensed version of this after they recorded it, and they said that it was too fast and they needed to kind of decelerate mm-hmm. a little bit and 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 make it a little bit slower. They could have done away with the the uh, you know cut the travel to the temple in half, and showed more of these exciting scenes, initial encounters like that. Which, by the way, travel to the temple when they're on the elephants. Uh, during that scene, riding an elephant, Harrison Ford uh, injured himself like one he of his spinal. Himself. Yeah, like it was a horrible like injury. I guess that he had like rest between takes and stuff. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. But yeah, for a scene that I didn't like. I know exactly, and it's not anything that's iconic mm-hmm. to the. It's forgettable, like the the scenes that stand out to me, in good ways are, um, the beginning scene that was like a James Bond. That's very Indiana Jones mm-hmm. slash James Bond. Um, the uh, the dinner table, which wasn't a particularly but it stands out. Scene, but it's an iconic scene, right. right? When I think Temple of Doom, that's one of the things that I'm gonna think of, and then the. Uh, the encounter, I guess you could do the minecart was pretty entertaining, um, but which I did like that, and I yeah. actually I forgot it's about like Donkey that. Donkey Kong, you remember back in yeah. the day when you played Donkey uh-huh. Kong? Yeah, I, I forgot about that scene until I was like, oh yeah, this is how this ends. I love it when they went over the track and the track's broken, and he's like, he's like, duck, duck, duck. Ducking made absolutely do no difference. Uh-huh. If you're gonna fall off the track, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch if I'm gonna make it on the track, but. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end with his foot on fire or smoking with the water was hilarious. Um, but the other scene was the, the bridge scene at the very end mm-hmm. when he, you know, when he cuts the bridge with yeah. them all on it. That, that's another iconic scene. Right. And at that point, you know, it's, again, he's gone through the transition at that point. He's becoming right. the hero. He's going to sacrifice himself to help, hopefully, his friends get off of there. And that's probably why I think I liked that. That was probably my favorite scene of the whole movie, of course, right? It being the end scene. Mm-hmm. But And i got to say this, too. We, we haven't mentioned him at all in the show, but Short Round. I love Short Round. Oh, he's an, he was an incredible little actor as a, as a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, I think you've already answered this question, but... Where would I rank it? Where would you Where would you put this movie in the the series of four Indiana Jones films? Well, well, well should I speak uh, to the we'll four? We'll just do the two that we talked about. So okay, far. so obviously Temple of Doom is under Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay, I would do the spoiler same. alert. It's probably going to stay there. <laughs> I would say the same thing, honestly, because Raiders is just so good. Plus, I mean, he's fighting Nazis, and right. next week he'll be fighting Nazis again. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, in, in fact, he comes face to face with Hitler at one point. And, and I and I do I do know that I I read at one point that they wrote the prequel as a prequel because they didn't want to always make the right. Nazis the villains. Right. So that but as an archaeologist though, do you really have to make the Nazis a villain? Right. You can do whatever Another you want. Another archaeologist exactly. or you know some sort of factional government or something. Any you could take Indiana Jones anywhere in the world in any culture. The timeline doesn't have to dictate who is evil, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we were kind of scratching our heads. It's like, 
he was a professor at the beginning of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Then he's fighting Nazis toward the end. Right. That's that's not as believable as somebody that's just an archaeologist doesn't have to involve himself with everything that's going on in the world, and he could just go to like you know a, a Mayan civilization or something like that and and go through a Temple of Doom. Right. Temple of Doom builds me up. What a great title. Mm-hmm. And what the Temple of Doom? What was it? A, a sacrificial place that kids were enslaved in? Like that's not. And they were looking for some rocks within rocks. I was looking. What I was looking for when I think of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, I'm thinking of the beginning scene of Raiders of the Lost Ark, going through that, mm-hmm. like on crack. Right. That's what I think of. That whole reading scene, yeah. Right, and it was a little disappointing. Yeah, that's a good point. But the question is, would you recommend Temple of Doom to someone who hasn't watched it? And if so, would you want them to watch it before Raiders? To someone that hasn't seen any Indiana Jones, I would definitely say watch Raiders of the Lost Ark first. Really? Okay. If, yeah, because I think you'll have to to appreciate Temple of Doom. Mm -hmm. I don't think you can start with Temple of Doom and say, man, I want to watch more Indiana Jones. It's just like, really? That's what the big hype of Indiana Jones is about? I think you got to start with Raiders of the Lost Ark, then go back to Temple of Doom. For somebody that watched Raiders of the Lost Ark and maybe another one of the Indiana Jones and likes them and, and, and hasn't seen Temple of Doom, I'd probably recommend it. Just more on... Because of the nostalgic factor, though. Mm-hmm. It's Indiana Jones. Can't go wrong. Yeah. But they're going to probably... Most people have the initial reaction, I think, that it's just... It feels very disconnected from um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and then when you watch the other, like, Last Crusade, it's it, it's disconnected. Yeah. And you said, too, you know, you brought out that this movie helped attribute to making a PG-13 rating, right? Raiders did as well. Yeah, so you... But Raiders... Younger people, you wouldn't have a problem seeing an eight-year-old down to watch Raiders, right? Would you? N- not nowadays, right? Because the effects in the newer movies are just as graphic. Would you sit an eight-year-old down to watch Temple of Doom? Absolutely not. No. At, at what age, then, do you think it might be appropriate for them to watch Temple of Doom? Well, 13, fine. But do you think it would still be traumatizing? Because, honestly, I remember watching it as a kid. It was traumatizing to me. Yeah, it was something that you always remember. It's just like, mm. Yeah. And even today, it's just like, mm. I, I don't know. Then maybe, maybe like, later teens or when, you know what I mean, when you can handle things like that a little bit better. But and it depends on the kid, obviously. Sure. But, like, you know, as a standard rule, eight-year-old, I wouldn't have a problem showing them either uh, Raiders or The Last Crusade, quite honestly. Right. Um, just from what I remember of that movie. But Temple of Doom, I just... I wouldn't want my my nephews that like their eight year old. Wouldn't you feel now. awkward though sitting there watching that scene with them too? So here's what I might do, right? Is if I were wanting them to see this good stuff, is skip through half the movie. But when you have to skip through half a movie, it's not a good movie. So here's what you say: is like, here's what happened. Uh, he got to the place. They did bad stuff, and now we're getting out of the place. So here, half an hour later, they uh, they landed in the plane, and then half an hour later, they uh, got on some elephants and walked to the Temple of Doom. You know what I mean? Rode to the Temple of Doom. Uh huh. Just a waste of a half an hour. If you have to do that, I don't think it's a good movie. I think every second on film should have a purpose. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it should be exciting to the viewers. Yeah. So. Which eh, every second you have I'm, low points, right? I yeah, mean, you have you peaks and valleys. character, you know, um, development and things like that. But it can be done in a better way. So I guess my overall question: I know that you 
have this as your probably lowest Indiana Jones. Do you like it? I like it for its nostalgia. Okay. I don't overall think I... movie because you can like scenes individually. Like I like you know specific scenes, but as an overall movie, if you if someone asks you, do you like Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom? What's your gut reaction? It's okay. That's not an answer. But That's I'm not saying, yes or no. <laughs> but I'm saying I can't give a yes or I, I guess I can't give a yes or no because no, I don't like the movie. I don't like the story or anything like that. But I like the Indiana Jones part. There were flashes of Indiana Jones. It was and and for I don't know. For that, I'd say yes. I, I don't know what. Do, do you know? You know why I'm struggling, right? Right. Exactly. Because for me. If someone was to ask me, do I like Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom? What would you say? I don't think so. Yeah. As a movie, as a whole complete package, no, because it deals so much with that, the stuff that I don't really care for. But why do you watch it, though? Because of the, like, the basically the two scenes I do exactly. like. Exactly. The Indiana Jones moments of the movie, the nostalgia of the movie, right? I mean, even the way it's filmed, it's still filmed in a very Indiana Jones style. Mm-hmm. Harrison Ford is still there in his prime. It's brilliant. It's... But I know what you're saying. Overall, story, um, you know, and the movie as a whole, not a fan. Nothing against you, Indy. Just <laughs> Definitely nothing against Indy. You had some I poor prequel I think writing. It's Willie. Maybe if the Willie character was better, I could be a little more, you know, maybe I, maybe I would tip the scale, right? Because it's really, the needle's in the middle. Right. Between like and don't like. But it's not like... I would avoid this movie. I just don't really want to watch it as much as, let's say, Raiders or Last Crusade. Oh, yeah, not even close. It's it's like, yeah. So, any more thoughts before we close out our discussion on The Temple of Doom featuring Indiana Jones? I mean, we didn't talk about budget at all. It did it did pretty well in the box office. Mm-hmm. I think Raiders of the Lost Ark was an $18 million budget. This was $10 million more. So, I... I'm not really seeing where that almost double budget came in. Well, there was a lot more CG, kind of like the crocodiles down below, sure. the water shooting out with them being on the side. Very the, obvious CG, though, right? Yeah, them, the the uh, the screen be- behind them when they were on the raft and stuff like that, there was a lot of obvious stuff that kind of stood out, especially sure. to me watching it on Blu-ray. It stood out. I think a lot of it had to do with them uh, filming where they did. Mm-hmm. And getting permission from governments and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It did well in the box office. Three hundred and thirty-one million for nineteen eighty-three or what year? Uh, nineteen eighty-four is when it came out. Spring so this of, came out after Jedi. After Return of the Jedi. Because mm-hmm. that was eighty-three. So it did pretty well for itself then, especially because back then that's a lot of money in the box office. But again, though, I was bringing it back to the. Did it do well because of Raiders of the Lost Ark? I, I guarantee it did well because of Raiders it, of Lost Ark. It broke box office records at that time. Because they were anticipating. Weekend. Now, yep. the question is, did, how did the next one perform, right? I'll be curious about that because the next one, the sequel always seemed to be doing better in the box office. Mm. Iron Man to Iron Man 2, incremental increase in the right. box office revenue. Because of the success of Iron Man 1. Exactly. Then you get to Iron Man 3, mm-hmm. and there's probably a dip off. Exactly. Actually, I don't think there was. I think it built up, actually, because that was after Avengers. Well, Iron Man's a bad example because everybody's high on Iron Man. (laughs) Well, Captain America, right? From Captain America 1 to uh, Winter Soldier, but then he also had Avengers in between there. So it's bad example. You know what a good one would be? Thor. (laughs) Right? I guess. Thor, because Thor started, had its baseline, Mm -hmm. and then the success of it, it it was decently successful, 
got some good reviews for two. But but a dark world, the dark world was awful. Mm-hmm. So when Ragnarok comes out, I think you're going to see a dip. Yeah, I don't think you'll have the people that go see it because, oh, it's Thor. I remember this movie. I liked it. I liked the second one. No, not so much. People who will go to that movie are the comic book fans that want to see how everything in the Avengers universe comes out. Right, exactly. And and you can't look at it as like, oh, it did more than all these other movies that weekend. You have to look at it within the MCU. Right. And that's where I think you're going to see its failure. Because better, of the second Thor. Better example, honestly, probably okay. probably James Bond. <laughs> <Don't you? laughs> we just got Marvel and <laughs> we got Marvel Jones on the brain, the brain man. <laughs> but so I, uh, I'm looking forward to next week, honestly, um, with the Last Crusade because I'll just say it now, it's what I remember the best out of any of the Indiana Jones yeah, movies. It's probably the one I've seen the most. I before we started watching this, I said Raiders of the Lost Ark was my favorite, and you said that uh, Last Crusade was your favorite. And I don't remember too much outside of Raiders of the Lost Ark because that's just one that when I wanted to watch Indiana Jones, I just rewatched that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I'm excited to see how if it's still like the one that I hold up the highest after watching it again because it'll be between that and Raiders. I mean, honestly. I mean, and, and speaking of it being kind of like a James Bond film, they James put James Bond, Bond in it. That's right. James <laughs> Bond is in it. a full mile there. Exactly. So I'm curious, dear listener, what are your thoughts of Temple of Doom? Um, you, you heard ours. <laughs> so and I didn't expect to go out of it feeling the way I did. Again, mm-hmm. kind of feel like, you know, Mission Impossible kind of, that kind of, I really didn't like the first Mission Impossible going back and watching it today. Temple of Doom just, it still holds up. Was this a fever dream? No, I don't think so. <laughs> no fever dream I don't here. think this was. Okay. Um, but it still holds up as a as a film today, especially mm-hmm. like the restored version of that's on Blu-ray. Yeah. So still well done. And then the thing to keep in mind too is going forward, you know, you're going to be four years later or whatever it is with the next one. So there's going to be some more you know, improvements as far as hopefully restoration, things like that. Again, I don't understand why do a prequel three years after the original one came out and then four years later, now you're making your Dude, you're making you, your audience wait seven years. You're, to you're talking about the guy that waited 20 years to bring out a prequel. That's true. <laughs> this doesn't make sense. That wouldn't fly nowadays, though. Right. You know what I mean? So would, I really want to hear your thoughts, dear listener, on Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. I, I want to hear if what you think if if we are similar in what you think how you remember watching it again. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Mm-hmm. So send us a tweet at entertaining pod. Uh, I am at Sith Nightmare S I T H K N I G H T M A R E, and I am at D O U E one H one. So, question for the listeners and for you. Would you go on an on an adventure like Short Round with Indiana Jones? Oh, in a heartbeat, right? Would you? Absolutely. Even going through the Temple of Doom, knowing what would happen? Uh, I don't know. Do we have to go through the Temple of Doom? You don't or... know what's going to happen. It's going to be an adventure. Okay, then let me rephrase my answer. I would go on an exploratory adventure into a place like at the scene at the beginning with Raiders of the Lost Ark, where... It's most likely not going to have any crazy people in it. It's just abandoned, and you just got to figure out how to avoid all the traps and pitfalls. That would be awesome. I'll let him lead the way, but that'd be awesome. (laughs) Nice. So I do want to give a a shout-out to one of the podcasts that I listen to. It's kind of, you know, uh, influential or I don't know if you're going to influential, but they're good friends. 
uh, at the Flux Deposed podcast. If you haven't heard, uh, I mentioned Jason earlier in the show. Uh, I definitely recommend that you give them a listen. They talk about different uh, geek culture stuff, cover some news stories. Uh, they also cover uh, Netflix kind of movies. They'll kind of have um, things, but they're going to change it up now. They're going to separate out their typical show from the movie side. Okay. So they have. If you enjoy listening to us talk about movies, I think you'll enjoy listening to Jason and Lucas uh, also talk about movies. So give Flux Deposed a listen, uh, and I think you'll find them to be also entertaining. <laughs> so shout out to them. Uh, and I, as I said, this is the last month that I will be pimping our reviews, so to speak. So iTunes, Stitcher, tune in, leave us a review if you would like to do so there. And then uh, also you can send us an email, that's entertaining at gmail.com. That'll do it for us this week. We hope that you have been entertained.